Good morning. I see you. I see you all. All made it through the flood. We had some uh, uh, flooded garage this morning ourselves when I got out. As I welcome you here today, let me give you some announcements. First of all, our prayer cards. If you have a prayer request, if you raise your hand, and I'm not sure who is our. There it is, Mitch. Okay. A uh, couple of announcements. First of all, on a sad note, uh, Paige Brooks' grandfather died, and Paige is a real trooper. She's here this morning, but this afternoon her family will be gathering and making arrangements, and there is no youth activities uh, scheduled today. And I hope you'll remember Paige and her family in your prayers the next few days. Katie wanted me to remind you that on August the 17th, which is the Back to School Blessing Day and Promotion Sunday, that the children are to meet at the beginning of the Sunday school hour here in the Family Life Center to make sure they all know where they are to go. It's going to be a little short assembly. So that's next Sunday at 10 o'clock here. Uh, in the Family Life Center. Back to School Blessings, Promotion Sunday, next Sunday. Bible study on stewardship and financial planning was scheduled to meet today, but has been postponed until 8.31, which is the Sunday that we start back up our usual family uh, Bible studies and children's programs. And so uh, if you had planned to take that, just hold on. We're going to start on the 31st instead of tonight. And if you have any questions, if you'll see uh, Jimmy Fowler. See Jimmy Fowler. We have received these books, and I think some of these books are, are back there somewhere, maybe, hopefully, if not, out in the entrance area. Are they some of these books back here, like this? Uh, okay, well, we'll get some if they're not. The, this, this booklet just came to us from annual conference, and there's one per family, and I certainly hope you'll take it, pick it up and take it with you. If you ever want to know what we're doing in missions, and yeah, there is some back there on the table back there. If you know what, want to know what we're doing in missions here in our annual conference, if you want to know where the money goes that we send from this church uh, to annual conference, this booklet will tell you. And uh, it's up to date. And it's published here in, by our folks here in South Carolina. got a report on Chris Harris. His speech is almost, you cannot tell there's anything wrong. He still has trouble with his hand, but he wants to uh, thank all of you for your prayers and your concerns and to keep praying for him. Uh, finally, let me uh, mention one other thing um, on a lighter note. <laughs> Saturday, was my 35th wedding anniversary. And, <laughs> and uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to tell Brenda that you clap for that. Anyway, um, when we got married, the first meal we had together was we went through the drive-thru at McDonald's. 
on our way to to our vacation. The um, so Saturday, being the big spender that I am, I proposed that we go back to McDonald's. That I go through the drive-through and pick her up some food since she is still recuperating from surgery. And she thought that was a terrible idea. <laughs> But I did, I did get some food for her, and so we did celebrate our 35th wedding anniversary. And um, I sure hope, wish and pray for all of you who have wedding anniversaries and hope that you make it, if you haven't already made it 35, that you'll make it 35 or more. There's one great blessings of my life uh, was, was Brenda Diane Isaacs when she came into my life. All right, enough of this nostalgia stuff. Let's, let's move on. We're here to worship our Lord, and we have an extra person playing with us today. Dan Daniel, is that right? Daniel. And we're glad Daniel's with us. And y'all crank it up, and let's worship.
bow your heads and pray with me? Gracious God, we come to you this morning in awe of your love for us, and we are so grateful that you can use us for your glory despite our shortcomings. We ask that you be with us and help us to take you into the world with us in our day-to-day -day lives, and that we are able to follow you and to worship you even when the task that you put before us seems difficult or even impossible. Open the eyes of our hearts now so that we can worship you fully and experience you in this place. In Christ's precious name we pray. Amen. If you would turn and greet your neighbor and children, come forward for the children's sermon. friends coming to join me okay okay so um last night did you guys hear anything in the middle of the night no probably not you're probably sound asleep I did. what did you hear it was rain wasn't it yeah it was lots and lots of rain okay well then you woke up this morning and you're driving on your way over here did you see puddles was it wet everywhere You've got the hiccups, don't you? All right. Well, do you know the story in the Bible about Noah? Raise your hand if you know the story about Noah. Yes. What happened with Noah and his family? What did they do? Yes, Morgan. Um, they had to um, let animals two by um, two, two of each animal um, onto the earth. They led up the animals two by two onto the ark to avoid the flood. Yes, you're right. Um, well, last night we had lots of rain. And a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, I saw, and I know my family saw, a really, really big rainbow. And it stretched all the way across the sky. I mean, we saw the whole arc of the of the rainbow, and there were um, my husband, Mr. Greg. He took a picture, and he was on Wade Hampton, and and the rainbow was the width of the the road way down in the distance. It was really cool. It was so awesome. Well, I took a picture of that. You see that here. Now, do you know that the rainbow is in the Bible? There's a story about the rainbow in the Bible, and it's with Noah. And God says to Noah and his family that this is going, a rainbow is going to be a symbol. Do you guys know what a symbol is? Okay, do you know what a covenant is? Oh, a covenant's a promise. It's kind of like an agreement. And God said to Noah that the rainbow was going to be his promise to the world that we would ne he would never ever again destroy the earth and the things living on it with with floods and it's in genesis chapter 9 around verse 
13. I have set my rainbow in the clouds and it will be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Whenever I bring cl clouds over the earth and rainbow appears in the sky, I will remember my covenant or my promise. Isn't that cool? Sometimes people associate rainbows with people that have passed. I have a friend whose mom passed away and I bet she's hanging out with Jesus right now. And she says every time she sees a rainbow, she thinks about her mom and she knows it's her mom coming to say hi to her. A friend of mine. Isn't that cool? All right, let's say a prayer together. Dear God, thank you for rainbows that you send to us. And thank you for the rain that you send to us in smaller portions. Please be with us today and help people who need help from the big storm last night. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. O oh Lord, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. Almighty God, we give thanks to you this day. We sing your praises and we come humbly before you. We're reminded this day that in Christ you freed us from seeking to live up to the law, which we could never do. And you made us new people by faith. But we must confess our faith often falls short of your gift. And we try to live on what we have and fail to receive the greater gift that is ours. So when we are surrounded by the storms of life and feel ourselves sinking, help us to keep our eyes on you, O Lord the founder and perfecter of our faith. By the power of your Holy Spirit, fill us with new understanding, fill us with new desire to do your will. Increase our faith and lift us above our doubts and replace our fear with your courage. This day we lift before you those who we have listed on our prayer list. And especially we pray for a family that's dealing with stage four cancer. We deal with father, a father with cancer. We pray for a friend undergoing a heart cath. We pray for Paige Brooks and her family. We pray for Joni who's scheduled for heart surgery tomorrow. We pray for all these and all those prayers that are in our hearts now. Oh God, infuse with your presence those who are lonely. Give strength to those who are weakened by disease. 
Reach out to those who are sinking beneath the burdens of life and comfort those who mourn. Jesus said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. So we pray these things in confidence, for we pray in Jesus' name, and has He taught us to pray, saying these words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, after Jesus feeds the 20,000 folks, it says that in Matthew chapter 14 at verse 22, uh, which is the, immediately right after the, what we talked about last week, it says that, the, that Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. And he dismissed the crowd. He then went up to a mountainside by himself to pray. That was his habit. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat with the disciples was already a considerable distance from land. And they, at the time, were being buffeted by a storm, waves. The wind was against it. And during the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. And Peter said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, Come. So Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water. And he walked towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus lifted out his hand and called him. And he said, You have little faith. Why did you doubt? And when they had climbed back into the boat, the wind died down. And those who were in the boat worshipped him and said, Truly, you are the Son of God. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we thank you for many things, but especially we thank you for your holy scriptures to teach us and guide us and remind us of what it must have been like to be with those uh, in those days with the disciples and you around Galilee. We pray in your name. Amen. Well, when our youngest daughter was little, she had a major fear of water. And we were on vacation, and we were sitting around the pool, and I kept, I was in the water, and I kept trying to get her to come into the water. I wanted her to jump off the side into my arms, but she was afraid. No matter what I did, no matter what I said, no matter what I threatened, she would not jump off the side into my arms. It seems to me like that's the choice we always have. 
we can stay on the sidelines or we can jump. Sometimes in life, we have to jump into the water. Sometimes we have to trust the one who is calling us and simply take the plunge. This is important event in everyone's life when that moment comes to make the correct decision. Now, as I said, Jesus had taught those same people he fed. And then he put his disciples in the boat and he had them set sail for the side of the Galilee. And he went off to pray. And while the disciples were in the boat, a great storm swept down upon them, which is very usual, as a usual occurrence on Galilee, Lake Galilee. The disciples strained against the oars, the wind was fierce, and they were fighting heavy waves. And in the midst of all that, they thought they saw a ghost. They cried out in terror. But it was Jesus. It was Jesus. And he said, I'm here. Don't be afraid. And then Peter said, Lord, if that's really you, tell me to come to you by walking on the water. Now, what I want you to see right here, first thing, is this. What Peter was really saying to Jesus was this. Let me join you in what you're doing. Let me join you in what you're doing. For me to join you in what you're doing, I have to be where you are. And it's important for us to remember as disciples that joining Jesus, wherever he is, whatever he's doing, is a key component in being a faithful disciple. Now listen to me. As Christian disciples, our job is not to dream up something to do and then ask Jesus to bless it. No, what we are supposed to do is to see what Jesus is doing and blessing and go and join him in it. We should see what Jesus is doing, what Jesus is blessing, and we need to go and join in it. So what happens? Peter goes over the side of the boat and he walks on the water. A lot of people forget this or miss this or whatever. I've heard so many people say, no one ever walked on the water but Jesus. Nope, it's not true. Peter did for a little while. It wasn't long, but he did walk on the water. But he did something then that we are so apt to do when Jesus calls us to take the plunge. When Jesus calls us to come and to work with him where he is, doing what he's doing, we start looking around and we start counting the waves, we start counting all the obstacles, and we begin to sink. In this particular case, someone might say, yeah, Joseph, but look what Jesus was doing. He was in the middle of a storm walking on water. Well, you know what? That's true. Life itself is rarely calm, is it? Life is often one crisis after another. And is in with these, it is within these crises of life that Jesus does call us to come and do what he's doing, to come and join him where he is. And it's important to note that he's there in the midst of the storm, walking on the water, which indicates to me he's there in the midst of the storm and he's in control of the situation. So why do you doubt, as Jesus said to Peter? 
So Peter joins Jesus in the water, and then he made that major mistake that we all make. He looked around at the high waves, and he fixed his eyes on those waves. Instead of keeping his eyes focused on Jesus Christ. I have come to find out that in every situation in my life and in my work life, in my church life, uh, in my family's lives, in everybody I know's life, you can bring it all down to one thing. If it's not working out, it's because people have lost their focus on Jesus. They're looking at everything but Jesus Christ. They look at the ways, they look at the obstacles, they look at the problems, they look at other people, they look to other people, but their focus is no longer on Jesus Christ. Henry Blackaby is the author of a, something called Experiencing God. And by the way, if you ever want to do a good study, that's a great study for Sunday schools or uh, a would-be Bible study, Experiencing God. He said that even when Jesus does call us to join him where he is and to do what he's doing, he says we will always experience a crisis of faith. And he defines the crisis of faith this way. It's a feeling that the obstacles and problems of life are more powerful than the one who told us to come join him. Peter had a crisis of faith. He was walking towards Jesus on the water, then he took his eyes off of Jesus. The tragedy of the crisis of faith is this, that when we take our eyes off of Jesus, when we take our eyes off Jesus, all we can see is everything but Jesus. And when you take your eyes off of Jesus, you'll see that there is everything. There's all kind of stuff around you that's not of God. And I guarantee you that not, not myself nor you are a match for the storm waves of life if our eyes do not remain fixed and focused on Jesus. You see, you can't fix your sight on more than one thing at a time. I can look back there and I can see Adam and I can see that there's peripheral folks here, but I really can't see you in focus if I'm focused on Adam. If you're focused on Christ, you're not going to see all those peripheral problems in focus. You're going to see them. You're going to know they're there. But you're going to know Jesus is there with you. And that's most important. Uh, I served a church one time where I had a picture in my desk. Behind me was a picture of the church. And in front of me was a picture of Jesus. And people would come in, as they do uh, oftentimes in a church, and they would sit in front of me, the pastor, and gripe about something. Okay? So-and-so wasn't nice to me. Why are we spending money on this? You know, people have a lot, seem to have lots of gripes these days. I just saw on the news that all the polls, every poll in the world that's done says Americans are just mad at everything. Mad about everything and mad at everything. Makes me think that they've lost their focus. 
One of, the, one of the things that I kept realizing was I'm sitting there trying to deal with folks, whatever their problems are. I was looking at Jesus behind their heads. And that gave me the strength and the faith, the patience to listen to them. But it dawned on me that they weren't looking at Jesus. They were looking at the church building behind me. When they looked behind me and beyond me, they were looking at the church building. And I started to realize that's the problem. People are focused on what man has constructed a building and not focused on our Lord. So one day I switched the pictures. I switched them around, which I don't know if any of you know this, but uh, when you're a minister, you're not supposed to even switch a picture without the approval of the trustees, okay? <laughs> I switched that picture around, and it was amazing to me how different people started to be who came into my office. They came into my office all full of spit and vinegar and wanting to raise the devil about some issue in the church. And then they would sit there and look behind me and see Jesus. And for some reason it calmed them down. I'd look at the church and I'd just get mad. <laughs> what are these people, what are they doing in here bothering me? Jesus is the one who gave Peter the ability to walk on the water. Think about that. Jesus is the one who gives us the strength and courage to join Him in what He is doing. And when we take our eyes off of Jesus, we are taking our eyes off of the one who enables us and empowers us, who is with us, who can control the storm. And when we take our eyes off Jesus, we will sink and our problems and our crises will overwhelm us and keep us from joining Jesus where we are, where He is, and what He's doing. Now one last thing I want you to notice. Peter took his eyes off of Jesus. We're prone to take our eyes off of Jesus. But look at this. Jesus never took his eyes off of Peter. When Peter began to sink and drown, Jesus reached out and grabbed his hand. Jesus never takes his eyes off of us. We might take our eyes off of Jesus and we might go down a trail that we don't need to go on, but Jesus never takes His eyes off of us. And in that moment, Peter had lost his focus and was sinking. Jesus was still watching and reached out for him. If Jesus calls us to join Him, Jesus will not let the wind and waves of crisis get the better of us. Jesus knows everything that we're going through and what we need best. My opinion, just knowing that Jesus is there watching me 
and ready to thrust His hand out to save me if I begin to sink is enough for me to want to climb over the side of the boat and walk out to wherever Jesus is. Join Him in whatever He's doing. So the question is this. God is calling you to get out of the boat, to join Him. Many exciting possibilities. Will you get a vision larger than life and work to make it so? Are you going to climb out of the boat and focus on Jesus Christ? I can't answer that for you. You have to answer that for yourself. Amen. Let's stand and um, affirm our faith. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus the Word made flesh to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We're called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope, and life in death and life beyond death. God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Let our ushers come forward as we receive our offerings and our tithes.
He's calling out my name and He laughs at me Reminding me of all the times I've tried before and failed The giant keeps on telling me time and time again Oh, you'll never win with us. Receive now the blessings of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Almighty, Eternal, Triune God, one God, now and forever. Amen.
Have a great week.